everybody. Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Brainy. Back after a week off. That's right, my first week off the podcast since September. Uh, this was purely out of vacation. Went down to Delray Beach to visit my parents. Took a little five days off. Made a long President's Day weekend. It was phenomenal. It was great. Had a great time down there. And even took a vacation from the vacation. And I'll explain that in a minute. But Delray Beach was amazing. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my parents lived down in Florida for uh, about a month out of the year. They go rent in Delray Beach where they are significantly younger than all the people that live in that community. It's funny, like every time my parents introduce me to new people, I'm like, those people have been grandparents for years. And you guys, you know, you, you had a college graduate a year ago, you know, like this is, it's, they're not like fitting in that scenario, that whole like stereotypical Florida old people couple. So it's funny seeing them kind of act like that sometimes because I'm like, there's no way my parents are that old that yet. But, you know, it's whatever. It's, it's kind of funny because they're like, hey, we're down here. We're still working. You know, no one else works down there. But they're in a little gated community right on the, uh, what do you call it, the intercoastal, uh, intracoastal, whatever whatever it is. And it's a great spot. It's unbelievable. It's super hot. It was like 85 degrees when we were down there. But what we ended up doing is the four of us, my sister, my parents, and I drove down for two days, went to Isla Morada in the Keys. It was about like a two and a half hour drive. And it was awesome down there. And Isla Morada is one of my favorite places in the world because we've been going there since I was like a little kid. Uh, they have a, you know, they had a big resort called Chica Lodge, which got hit pretty hard by the hurricane in uh, this past summer fall. But they're actually coming back. They actually, it was actually really sweet. They had awesome like billboards all over the place saying like the legend continues March 8, 2018. I was like, wow, damn, like. They're really setting themselves up for like a like a big comeback, and uh, it's great. We used to stay there, but then we moved into renting this uh, like for a week or how many days or whatever at this place called the Moorings, and you've actually probably seen it on TV and in ads. They use it for photo shoots for like uh, Victoria's Secret and all different types of like basically like models like are, are there on the beaches because they have these famous palm trees that hang over the water. And then it was also the setting for uh, the show Bloodline on Netflix, which is a family fave because of its setting there. And also, who doesn't love Kyle Chandler, Ben Mendelsohn, kind of like a murder mystery for three seasons. Uh, if you haven't checked out Bloodline, it's on Netflix. You really should. It was, it was an awesome show. And uh, and yeah, so we went down to Isla Mirada. It was amazing. All I did for five days was basically eat fish drink pina coladas that's i mean it's all i wanted to do i uh, it's my vacation and and like i know a lot of people like to do different activities when they're on vacation mine is just like drink and sleep i literally posted up found a hammock just said here's here's me for the next three days i'm sitting i'm, I'm that's all i'm doing and on the last day of vacation i got i was a little burned so i didn't even go outside like you know half the day i spent inside laying down on the couch my mom looking at me like kind of like, what the hell are you doing? You're down here in Florida. You're going back to Jersey. It's going to be rainy and cold when you're back there for the next like, two months. I'm like, 
save it. It's my last day of vacation. I could be in Vermont. I'd be doing the same thing. I could be in Mexico. Last day of vacation is like the ultimate Sunday for me. You have to gear back up for the work week ahead, even though it was only a three-day work week, which was nice. And you got to just like get yourself mentally prepared. And believe it or not, I want to be inside for that. It's my vacation. So I'm going to spend it. But it was unbelievable. We went down there, hit all the you know the the spots that we know from my childhood. That you know I can say them on the podcast, but they don't mean anything to you guys. But if uh, you ever find yourself on Google Earth or uh, wanting to look at like vacation spots, check out the moorings in Isla Morada, Florida. It's absolutely beautiful, and I mean, hey, that is vacation baker season. I. I was at work every day in January. February is my big one because everyone hates February, right? It's the one month that you got to find a way to break it up. Even though it's the shortest month, it always feels like the longest month. And the best way to do that, midway through, you find a week-long vacation. And then all of a sudden, there's only a week left. And a week from now, we'll be on, on to March 2nd. So we're already almost done with February. And the best way to break it up is a nice little vacation right in the middle there. And I think I missed some actually pretty good weather here. And I missed a nice weekend where people were watching, you know, hey, Daytona 500's your thing. That was this weekend. Uh, President's Day offers the three-day weekend for anybody who's doing any other types of things going on. Uh, but it was apparently like 60, 70 degrees or whatever up in Jersey. So, you know, hey, good for you guys seeing it. But I was 85, sunny, and breezy. That's the big catch breezy so you can stay in the sun all day and not feel the heat because you're just sitting there thinking hey like uh, th this is as comfortable as it gets that's where vacation baker steps in i'm saying vacation baker a lot some people might not know that phrase i don't know who started that one uh i could give credit to maybe chris heine he he could have started it maybe brian poppert any number of my friends who point out and it was it must have been 2015 or 2016. I think it was 2015 because that's when I went to visit my sister in Italy. And they're counting my vacation days for me. And I was getting a little, I don't know, I was a little like vacation glutton that year. And probably went, I was all over the place. Went to Italy, went to Ohio, went to uh, Florida, went to like, went out west, went to like, you know, there are there a lot of things that went in 2015 that, Kind of just added up after a while. Did a little DC weekend. So the name Vacation Baker came from that and kicked off the season, you know, last week with Vacation Baker. But we're back in the real world. This is great, you know, no more. Uh, one of my favorite things about vacation has to be when you see, like, you know, I was mentioning before, you know, my parents aren't that old yet. They're, you know, they're mid 50s, you know, they're, they're young for that type of community. But my dad says some of the funniest things sometimes. Like every time we're down there, he A, starts dressing like the code, like the Florida, like, you know, grandfather code almost. And he also loves to bring up the whole like, oh, and this is just classic dad. He'll, we were watching something and he was like, Jake, is that, is that Eddie Griffin? I'm like, no, Dan, that's not Eddie Griffin. And he's like, I think that's Eddie Griffin. It looks just like him. Like that, Eddie Griffin hasn't been famous in 20 years. That kid right there is 21, 22, 23 years old. Even if that was him, this is a brand new movie. It's literally impossible. He's like, I don't know. I think it's. I think that might be Eddie Griffin. This happens 
on like every other thing we watch when like we're on vacation. Happens when we're at home too, but it's like maximized on vacation. And it usually just ends with everything being like, oh, you know what? I know him from Law and Order because everybody's always been on Law and Order. He's figured out, mapped out the gauntlet of they've always been on Law and Order, all the CSIs, Criminal Minds, and House. He's like, they, they make it, they run through the gauntlet. Their agent gets them booked on all five of those shows, and they and then they're famous. They're famous after that. They get to go do movies after only doing television shows where they can only appear for one episode because they're not a recurring uh, recurring character or anything like that. So no no more of that. We're back back in Jersey, and now that I had that taste of vacation, I'm really excited to be starting to plan for the rest of the year. It's really cool, you know, because. I've already got that summer feeling, right? And why, you know, we're not even close to summer, right? But it, it, if you start to map it out, you know, the, the spring season go, flies by, right? Week from this Sunday, we got Parade Day. In Belmar, New Jersey, the St. Patrick's Day Parade is always the first Sunday in March. And for me... It is a lot more fun than St. Patrick's Day itself because, A, it's always on a weekend, so you never have to work. You worry about, you know, oh, St. Patrick's Day is on a weekday. I have to go back to work the next day. You kind of have to, like, chill a little bit. You know, even though Parade Day is on a Sunday, you still have lots of fun. You wake up early. You meet up with everybody. And every other year, it's great weather. And then on the off years, it's snowing. It's disgusting out. So, We'll see how it goes this year. I believe it was really nice last year, so we'll see how this one goes. But Parade Day is like a holiday around here. I know some people taking off the Monday afterwards. Probably a smart thing to do, but I'm saving my vacation days for actual vacations, not just Irish flu reasons, if you know what I mean. But after Parade Day, then you got March Madness a week later. You got the Masters is another two weeks after that. Baseball opening day is right around the same time. Then in a couple weeks, you know, we're, we're, we're at the Parker House opener. And all of a sudden, it's summertime. So spring flies by. As long as you can get through February, the months of March and April, just like Zoom, you know? It's it's pretty crazy. And, and it also helps that, like, I a lot of family members' birthdays are in March, right? My mom's birthday is March 14th grandmother is the first week of March so there's always something going on there's always a nice dinner getting to see family getting to go do things and you know that's always going on I've you know tons of family members in March that have birthdays uh, but also you know you have just like the turn of the season right I also I have a big theory you know everyone likes to point out like What's the best, no, this isn't everyone likes to, this is a Jake likes to, definitely. So, one thing I like to do a lot of, I like to think about, you know, like ranking them. When I rank things, it could be anything, and this would be the turn of the calendar, right? So, what does that mean? Every time you turn a calendar page, what is the best calendar turn? What is the worst calendar turn? Like, the worst calendar turn might be from December to January, that's not a fun one. You know, you're staring at two months of blah weather. There's not a lot of fun things going on in those months. Like, unless you have a playoff team in the in football or you have a, you know, college football, like, you know, team that's playing for something. Not a lot going on in January, February. Especially when you're, like, watching the Cavs who suck in January every year. But I'll leave that for NBA later. 
But like, that's like the worst. The best one, in my eyes, is April to May. Because like, the moment May strikes, you're done with the crappy weather. Maybe you get some rain, but like, you know, you get rain every month. But you're, you're already into shorts and long sleeve tees, which is a big move for me. You can argue maybe March into April, but I'm still not there yet. April into May is my favorite turn because you have everything ahead of you with the summer. You have so many different holidays coming up. Memorial Day is in May, which is one of my favorites. You've got a lot of, I, again, I have a lot of friends' birthdays in May. Uh, TJ Cooney, Lauren Berry, Chris Heine, John Quinn, Derek Brainy, Luke Iannacone. Aaron Albertus, like literally, like some of my best friends in the first two weeks of May. It's crazy how it kind of just like bounces out like that, where it's like, hey, something to party about all the time. So I think the April into May turn is my favorite. But now that we're past December into January and January into February, which are like two of the worst turns, February into March, it's a good one. It's a really good turn coming up. March and April, great one. April into May, the best one. Those we've got some of the best, like, eye-opening calendar-turning moments that when you get to do it at work, you're like, yeah, all right, we're we're on our way. So the optimism is high right now, and that's why I'm looking at like summer shows, you know, summer things to do. What am I looking at this summer? Got some big plans. Been doing a baseball tour the last couple years with the guys. Went to Boston two years ago when. You know, I'll, I'll take credit for it. I really wanted to go to Fenway Park. Never been. Always wanted to go. I didn't know how to kind of like go about it growing up. But now that I'm like not a part of any sports teams, I was like, might as well just find a trip to Boston. You know, set it up. A short weekend. Don't take off any work days. I told my friends about it. They were like, oh, okay, sure. You know, that sounds fun. And I was like, you know, it's fine. I'm doing it by myself if I have to. Everyone's invited. Let me know who wants in. This was summer of 16. And I said, basically, I'm going. Let me know who else is in. And then after that, I kind of like pushed one of my friends, Bill. I was like, Bill, you're going to come, right? Like, we're, we're going to do this. And we'll get Owen. And, and we'll get a couple of the guys so that we actually make this happen. Bill was like, uh, yeah, all right. Like, make it happen. And then Owen was like, I'm all in. I, I really want to go to Fenway. He's a baseball head, so he was all about it. And right from there, I was like, okay, you already have three men. After that, people will follow. We didn't have to con you know, do much convincing to get my buddy Brendan to do it. And then last second, Pat was like, oh, wait a minute. I, I want in too. So like, it, it just it fell into, hey, this is going to be a real trip. We went up to Boston, rented a hotel for Saturday night. We drove Sunday, Saturday morning, game was four o'clock Saturday. Saturday night we we went out, we stayed over, we drove back Sunday. I I did all the driving. I offered to do it because this was my trip, and you know, uh, you know, I was kind of hoping maybe I wouldn't have to do all the driving, but you know, it was. It, it, I felt like, hey, like uh, that's an MVP move right there. And the trip was awesome. We got tickets on top of the Green Monster in left field. We were drinking monster IPAs on, on top, which, like, I don't even remember if they're any good. We just kept on yelling monster IPA. So that was the first boys baseball trip. Last year was the famous Pittsburgh Pirates one where we went to PNC Park in Pittsburgh and dressed up as cheap 
Party City Pirates, and it went over so well. Like 40 times we were asked to stop and take a picture, right? And it's not like it's not like there weren't better dressed pirates. There are actually guys that spent like a thousand, you know, fifteen hundred bucks on their costumes that like had like real long leather jackets were like smoking like like those old style cigarettes with like the really long ends and it was like unbelievable how much they invested into us and obviously something they did on the regular but we were just a couple of guys from jersey that like were wearing costumes and mine was like way too tight around my arms so it was really funny seeing me like bust out of my captain's jacket but everybody couldn't wait to stop us and flag us down and be like, could you just take a picture? Like, yeah, sure. As long as you are, are fine with us just saying, argh, a lot. And they were, and we were, and it was great. Stayed over the night in Pittsburgh. Had a lot of fun uh, going around there. Had a goatee for the night, which was regrettable, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then and we came back Sunday morning. And these have all been don't-miss-work style trips. Now... We've done all the ones you can drive to. You know, we've done, all, you know, New York, New York, Philly, Boston, Pittsburgh, right? Like, those are the Northeast, you know, teams that you could go see. So the other ones coming up were D.C. and Baltimore, which I've done as well. Other people haven't, and there was talk of maybe doing a D.C. and Baltimore trip, like a two-in-one that's going to be really difficult because a you got to find a weekend that both teams are at home, and you got to find the one that works for multiple people that want to do that. So, and you're probably going to have to you know pay a lot more because you're going to two baseball games. You're probably going to miss some work because it'd have to be like a Friday night game and a Saturday afternoon game. It's a lot of travel. It's, it might not be worth it to do it. We'll see. I'm going to try and make plans for that because I think that'd be a lot of fun and a really cool thing to do maybe in August or something. But the one everyone really is into, which uh, Brendan brought up last year, was Toronto. Now, I thought we would drive, right? Drive to Buffalo on Friday night, hang out in Buffalo, and then Saturday morning drive to Toronto and do the game there and then drive home Sunday. And uh, whilst being on vacation, I was overruled overruled by some of the veteran uh, baseball trippers and also some new guys that want in. I'm like, I, I understand, you know, it's 18 hours, maybe a little less of driving in one weekend. Meanwhile, flights are like 200 bucks. I understand. It's no longer the broad trip. Uh, I anchored the driving. That's over. That's fine. I don't think anyone likes my driving anyway. And to be honest, I don't want to keep driving people for free anyway. So anyway, I, I'm excited for Toronto. I think that's going to be a huge hit. Not sure what we're going to you know, do you know, special for that. Maybe go uh, you know, pay up for, for tickets like behind home plate. That could be a lot of fun. Uh, or, you know, we, we, I mean, there are ideas being thrown around about wearing all denim and acting out in crazy Canadian accents, which would be hilariously disrespectful, but also 
I think they get it. I think they're like used to it by now, right? They're like every time they get dumb Americans, they're like, "Oh, oh, I'll have some, you know, French fries and gravy, eh?" Like, yeah, I'm sure the Canadians are kind of like, "Yeah, we know." But apparently, Toronto is a great town, a lot of fun to go out in. I'm really excited to make that the next trip. And who knows? Maybe fit in D.C. and Baltimore later in the summer if this is like a April-May type trip. Also going on, I've never been to a Cavs game in Cleveland. I've only ever seen them in Washington and at Madison Square Garden. I've never seen the, and, and Brooklyn. I've never seen the Cavs in Cleveland at the queue. I'd love to see them. This might be LeBron's last year before leaving Cleveland again. Uh, he may stay, which would be great, and obviously that'd be awesome. But you know, a lot of signs are pointing to him maybe leaving. And if that's the case, this would be the time to strike. So they have a couple games in April before the playoffs start. And one of the games coincides with the Indians' home opener, something I've also never been to. That would be a lot of fun. And a couple of my cousins are pushing, hey, Jake, this is something you got to do. And I'm a guy that chases all different types of sports experiences, right? Like I like going to different college stadiums. I'm trying to visit all the oldest baseball stadiums too. So this is right up there, you know, get a Cavs game. I've never been, even though I'm a huge fan. And then no home opener. I've never been to Indians home opener. I've never been to any home openers, you know, when, when everything's sold out. Even, even if I didn't even get into the game, but you're at like the bar across the street when the environment is just like, hey, very passionate baseball season. Everybody's optimistic on day one, you know, especially Cleveland fans because – they had a team that went to the World Series two years ago, and they were the one seed last year. So it's not like, you know, I mean, expectations are really high in Cleveland. So it'd be a lot of fun to go out there. So that's one trip. And hey, this isn't just a baseball summer, right? I'm going to OBX twice. I got that going on for my family reunion in the 1st of uh, July. And then at the for Labor Day weekend, I'll be going down there with a bunch of friends. My first ever friends trip, like like a friends vacation. I've done little road trips, I've done bachelor parties, never done like a friend's vacation. So pretty cool to, you know, have that going on as well. And then, you know, it's just a lot of other things going on. You know, we have maybe possible concerts. My sister and I do a summer concert every year, try to do like a 90s one. That'll be fun. Last year we saw Sugar Ray lit Everclear and Sponge. Uh, then we saw Third Eye Blind. So actually the, the the four were two years ago and then Third Eye Blind was last year. This year might be Newfound Glory. That's a, a good one that's going to be in Asbury Park. Uh, if we want to change it up, I love Foreigner. Never seen Foreigner. They come to New Jersey every summer and yet I've still never seen them. I think it's time I go see Foreigner. Anyway, that's just me getting out ahead of myself, doing the summer planning. I'm a planner. That's one of my problems I have, that I would get way too ahead of myself and kind of just jump on things before they have to be addressed or, you know, even talked about. And I don't think any of my fr friends like when I do that because I'm like, hey, guys, what are you thinking about this July party? And like, what are you talking about, man? We have, like, to move before that. Like, eh. Yeah, like I keep on forgetting that I do have to move by May 1st too. So some of these things kind of change if you don't have like a home by then. It's interesting, right? So 
It is going to be very fun, though, going forward with a lot of draft talk. You know, once the combine comes around in two weeks, or oh shit, that's that's this week. That's this upcoming week. Awesome. So I got the combine coming up. I'll have lots to talk about after that. We'll dive right into the NFL stuff. Not going to do any NFL stuff this week. This will be my last non-football week before we start diving into that. I'll do one little, you know, NBA update real quick. Uh, All-Star Weekend was a lot of fun. They, uh, by giving the players kind of like the upper hand in the All-Star game, by letting them draft, kind of letting them coach out there. It was Team LeBron versus Team Steph. The uniforms were also really cool. You know, it was simple, black and white, but they also had their own team logos on there. I think uh, I think that went really well, and I think the way of the NBA is going towards the players. And the reason I say that is, you know, in a lot of sports you see, it's all about the owners. You know, NFL is all about the owners. And MLB, you know, there's, there's no salary cap, so players get paid, you know, super high, but there's nothing like the NBA drama, right? And now the players are taking over. It's mainly because Adam Silver is a good commissioner who knows his players run this, and that won't ever change. So making them the spotlight, putting them in charge, LeBron James, Steph Curry, whoever it is, these guys are kind of given free reign now with All-Star Weekend, and it's working out in their favor because it's just more watchable. It was a fun game to watch. Uh, Team LeBron edged out Team Steph by three. It was a lot of fun. It was an intense game. Team Both teams really cared down the stretch. And you got to see Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant play side-by-side, side, also with LeBron and Kyrie. A lot of people thought there'd be a lot of friction. No friction. Uh, all four guys got along really well. We're smiling, high-fiving, getting along. Shows that a lot of this crap is media-driven and that the NBA is just a, like, it's just e-network but with basketball. Like, so much stuff is just made up and forced down our mouths and it's it gets really annoying at times but it is what it is and a lot of people pay because of the drama you get in the nba you don't get in other sports so who am i to who am i to say otherwise also you know there was one thing that went by last week that like i don't think got enough credit you know steve kerr coach of the golden state warriors made it to three straight nba finals good chance of four they've won two of them if not for a crazy Cleveland comeback, they would have won three straight NBA Finals and they're a dynasty. To challenge his team against the Suns, he didn't coach. He was saying, okay, at each timeout, I'm letting the players do this. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. And I thought those people that loved it might have loved it for the wrong reasons. And the people that hated it didn't see the right reasons, right? I like this for multiple reasons on Steve Kerr's part. Number one, he has actually been injured in the past. Steve Kerr has missed a lot of time with back injuries where his assistant coaches had to pick up the slack while he wasn't there. Now, they've done a really good job, but you never know when he might have another back injury. This is something that happens. You know, He's a, a, an ex-NBA player. If a, the back injury were to come up, he needs to know that his team can handle things without him. So I'm totally fine with him doing it from the injury standpoint. The other one is he needs to keep challenging his team. He needs to know, hey, 
you guys understand things on a deeper level. You know, like this isn't, you can't let your team go into a swoon, right, at the end of the season just because the other teams that they're playing, you know, they're playing down to their competition. You know, that it's like, oh, we're not being challenged enough. You need to challenge them a little bit in the regular season to keep them on their toes for the postseason, keep them fresh. And also, they're playing the Suns. This was the perfect time to do it. It's not like this was like a very important game or a very, you know, intense game. I don't even know if it was nationally televised. They ended up winning the game by like 40 points. It begs the question, do you need Steve Kerr? <laughs> you know, when you have this team and Steve Kerr, who's a really modest guy, would probably say, you know, you don't need me. But I think his attitude and his leadership goes well beyond him actually being on the sideline. And it's more so of, hey... You know, this is the the culture we have built here in in Golden State. Which, by the way, also like they claim to be San Francisco, they claim to be Oakland, they've claimed land, which is ridiculous because that's a Cleveland thing. But I think they stopped that. You know, when when Cleveland had defend the land, they were doing uh, defend the land too, and that ended real quick after like one playoff series. They they're Golden State. They've used the land, but they stopped. For the last four, five, six years, they've been primarily wearing jerseys that say the city on them. And now I'm watching the game, and at midcourt it says the town. I mean, how many geographical names are they going to need for one team? You know, like Cleveland is the land. They use Believe Land, but that's not the team using that. That's the fans using that. The Warriors are using like every word in the book. So, I don't know. That's just something that, that bugs me a little bit. Last thing about NBA weekend that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, Michael Rappaport was fired from Barstool. And I'm not going to dive into it because all the Barstool guys have covered it uh, at length. And if you want to, you should check, uh, check out that. But uh, this was a classic case of, like, told you so. So many people hated Michael Rappaport going in. I don't know what Barstool thought if they could change him or if they thought it just wouldn't bother them. But this guy is like a grade A a-hole and didn't change when he went there. Picked fights with the guys that worked there. Um, even And at first, a lot of people thought it was kind of just like funny, haha. And then he started like, you know, picking on fans. It's like, and, and the moment that happened, Dave Portnoy, you know, I... I don't know what his, I mean, I guess he's like the creator of Barstool. Point out, he's like, no, that's not okay. You are fired. You cannot do that. And Michael Rapport is one of those guys that he just doesn't get when he loses. Like, he thinks he's winning because he had more views on his, like, bitching and moaning video. And it's like, well, yeah, because you posted it on Barstool and everyone wanted to see you bitch and moan because you just got fired. It's like... If someone gets fired, people are going to watch. You're not going to ask, like, you know, and say, as you're getting Jerry Maguire out of the building, being like, look, I'm number one because everyone's eyes are on me. It's like, no, everyone's, you're number one right now because everyone's eyes are on you because they love seeing some, like, a catastrophe. The guy went from four and a half stars on his podcast to one and a half with 21,000 comments, basically telling him how much he sucks. And the guy still thinks he's on top of the world. It's crazy. 
it's unbelievable that like he literally thinks like he won in this outcome. It's like wow, dude. Okay, so and I, the reason I bring that up with NBA is because Rappaport thinks he's like a big NBA guy. Uh, he does like cover it more so than any other sport, so I'll give him that. And he's been around for a while and always tries to compare things to like the '90s NBA. And it's like, dude, it's not that game anymore. He's like, oh, LeBron would have never made it in, in the '90s when I'm used to it. He's like. The Barstool guy's did a great job covering how much of, like, a loser alpha attitude he has. And it's like, yeah, all right, man, like, you're you're tough, cool, whatever. Like, that doesn't mean anything anymore. So, just my opinion. Just my opinion on that. All right. Two more segments before we I let you go. Jake News. Best Buy no longer sells CDs. I have a little story with that. It's like it's kind of sad, you know? Like, that's the end of an era. Like, I know it's been over for a while. No one's been buying CDs. But the fact that Best Buy doesn't even sell them anymore means, like, it's officially gone. So it's interesting. Like, you know, what what do you remember about CDs, right? And a lot of kids don't even know what those are. But for us, we know exactly all about CDs. First time I ever owned a First CD I ever owned. I forget what birthday it was, but I could basically backtrack if I find out the year of some of these coming out. Uh, my dad, or Santa, uh, got me for Christmas a Bose radio and three CDs. The CDs were Best of the Police, Nimrod by Green Day, which uh, was, was a great one, and then uh, a, bo- a boy named Goo, Goo Dolls. Which was, you know, who doesn't love Goo Goo Dolls, right? Like, that was, those were my first three CDs ever. And part of it was, hey, here are some CDs you might be into. Check them out on your radio. And this was really cool. I was so into it. And then after that, I got to jump into my parents' CD collection, which is insane. Like, I mean, we have like rooms of CDs. And it's not even... It's it's not even just the one uh, wall unit, which, side note, it took me 28 years to realize the words are wall unit, not wall unit. Like, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing that I didn't know that one until like literally like two weeks ago when someone said, yeah, it's in the wall unit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a wall unit. I'm like, no, it's... Not W-A-L-L-U-N-E-T. It's wall unit. It's like, wow, I'm an idiot. But in these wall units, uh, my parents had CDs on CDs on CDs. My dad's, uh, my, my uncles are, are big music guys. So there was, we've just always have had music everywhere. And, uh, but yeah, and I just was able to change them out for different CDs and keep it going with that. So that's, I mean, my little CD story. I'm sure everyone had different first CDs comment uh, on uh, on this podcast which uh what was your first cd you ever had what was your favorite like cd memory i know that's not really something you think about a whole lot but you know everyone remembers our first cd except for people that are no longer gonna have cds right you know that that's that ship has sailed that is over because best buy won't even sell them anymore best buy sells everything but not cds all right and final final segment this week Got, well, Bachelor, Hometowns, Baby Oh Baby. It was great. Uh, Last week, we had the top seven, 
no rose ceremony, just straight up dates where he either where Ari either handed out the rose or didn't. Uh, start out, he did not give, uh, or he gave roses to Lauren B. He uh, Jacqueline walked away from her date. She didn't want to be there anymore. She didn't feel like she, it was it was warranted. Uh, Becca K got a rose, who is my fave, my pick. Uh, CN did not get a rose. That was a really big surprise. Kendall got a rose, which was kind of a big surprise, but I should have realized, you know, he was into her just so much more than I am. So, but I, I kind of just looked away from that and didn't think too much into it. And then the final rose came down to Tia versus Becca Martinez. Tia, I was a little surprised because she tried to drag Becca down. And she was, she basically admitted to Becca, she was like, hey, by the way, in our one-on-one time, I told Ari that you're not ready to get married. Now, usually that move is done against an, like one of the enemies, right? Or like the, the bad egg or, or whoever the antagonist is. And every time you are the person that tries to bring down the big bad wolf, it might work, but it just hurts you so much that you might last one more week and then you're out. So I was a little surprised when it did work because she seemed so much into Becca, but I think at the end of the day, he was like, I'm not going to marry this girl. Maybe it's time to let her go. Even though Becca Martinez was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, who, like, why do you keep on listening to people tell you about our relationship? It's insane. And she's got a great point. Like, she's like getting judged because she's 22 and you have to consider it, you know, when this guy's like 36 years old, he's got to be thinking about the future. But I think she got like the short end of the stick by basically being pigeonholed as like the young kid who, oh, she's not ready to like, you know, settle down. She wants to go to parties and stuff. And it's like, where are you getting that from? I think you're just generalizing her as any other 22 year old. So he picked against her. He picked Tia and, uh, and hometowns did not disappoint. Uh, the guys, the dads went a little soft on them, and I should have saw that coming because they, the the ads were all pointing out, oh, these dads are going to rip them apart. And ABC does a great switcheroo with those. They edit the hell out of things to make it look like there's conflict when there's nothing there. Uh, his date with Tia was fine. Like They made it look like, I'm going to find you if you hurt my daughter. And he was kind of joking when he said it. Uh, the whole family loved him. Uh, Becca K's family was a little bit harsher, but at the end of the day, they really liked him and they trusted her judgment. Lauren B came from a military family and the dad talked a lot of talk, but then when he got talking to Ari, he actually really liked him because he did something for the troops. And I was like, oh man, now he's wrapped around his finger and, and everyone kind of said at the end of the day, and who am I missing? I'm missing one more. Uh, I got Becca, Tia, oh, and Kendall. Kendall's date was a little weird, but uh, he seemed just so into her, and no one really called him out for anything, except that the moms are always the ones to point out, like, he's dating other people, right? And you're okay with this? And it's it's always funny kind of seeing that, but uh, it, all the dates kind of went the same. And then it came down to the rose ceremony. Lauren B., Becca, both going to the, the passion suites. 
was like, okay, that made sense. And then he asked to talk to Kendall on the side. Now, usually that means I'm going to cut you, not in front of everybody. But if you come back from that side talk, as Caitlin Bristow told us on, on Instagram, if you come back from that, you're golden. He's not going to take you aside, talk about cutting you, you plead your case, he brings you back, and then he's going to cut you in front of everybody? Not the case. So the moment that she came back, you could see it in Tia's face like, I'm done. I'm screwed. This is like, he would have cut her by now if this was the case. So then he cut Tia, which sucked for Tia because, you know, A, I will say that like, hey, it's karma. You can't try and bring down other people and then at the end of the day be upset when he doesn't pick you because that shows a lot of character problems. But she milked the moment. She looks like a top cont uh, contender for Bachelorette next year. Uh, next year being like, an, like a month from now. Uh, or if not, she'll be definitely a contender in Bachelor in Paradise. And we'll see her in After the Final Rose and the Girl Tell All. We'll see how that went. But she did a good job of kind of holding her head up. And, and it was a fun episode. I watched with my parents who they try to act like they're better than this show. And then at the end of the day, they are enjoying it just as much as me or my sister. And it's because it's can't look away TV. You gotta love it. It's it's amazing. All right. So that's it on Bachelor. We had Jake News. We had a one-minute room review. Before I let you go, no movie this week. I didn't see Black Panther. Can't wait. I gotta see it this weekend so I can talk about it next week. I think it'll be a great one to talk about on the podcast. Uh, I, I still have to see a lot of these Oscar movies, but on vacation, two flights and a couple nights, I watched all 10 episodes of Mindhunter. Unbelievable show. It, it's A, set itself up really nicely for a second season coming out later this year. It is a psychological, sociological thriller that I personally really like because it makes you think a lot. It, it's a lot about behavior. It's a lot about uh, I mean, it, they literally work in the behavior sciences of the, F, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Uh, it, it just makes you think a lot about you do not know what's going on in people's heads. And it is so hard to read other people. And I, I, I take you know, pride in, the, in being able to you know, read other people really well. Uh, but these guys are, are something else. These like It's a true story about how basically they came up with the term serial killer and the study that the FBI went through to do this. Really good show. Highly recommend it. Uh, I'm not saying it's the one of the best shows ever, but through one season, I can't think of many better shows than this one because I look at, you know, all my favorite shows. Lost, Game of Thrones, uh, you know, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead at the time, lesser now, but at the time, The Wire, so many of those great shows, it took a while for it to get really, really good. This, right off the bat, amazing show, and and, and they hit it right on the head. The music, the outfits, the behavior, just everything going on is so 70s, like 1977, and it's some really interesting stuff about these serial killers and it leaves you hanging with a serial killer at the end of the at the end of the season so that you now need to watch season two highly recommend 
Mindhunter, Netflix original. Check it out. It's it's great. Anyway, that's it for episode 38, the Joe Smith episode of the Jake. Hey, gotta give gotta give credit to Joe Smith. I wasn't gonna get out of here without dedicating to Clevelander, the classic middle reliever, sidearm guy that every playoff team wants going into the playoffs. Joe Smith. Actually, funny story about Joe Smith. I worked with a Joe Smith super fan at Madison Square Garden. I know you probably didn't think those existed, but they do. He works at MSG. He followed Joe Smith from the Mets to the Angels to the Indians to the, to the Astros. It's unbelievable. This guy is just a Joe Smith super fan. Goes and finds him in spring training and yells, Hey, Joe Smith! And asks for a jersey or a, a signed ball every time until Joe Smith like acknowledges him. And even Joe Smith is like, Dude, why are you a fan of me? Anyway, thank you for listening to episode 38 of The Jake. Uh, the rant going into March. It'll be a lot of fun next week when we cover a little bit more you know, NFL Combine, when we cover a, you know, a NBA end of the season. Maybe we'll talk a little Masters preview, Mar- March Madness preview, Mom's Birthday preview, Parade Day preview, and we'll have uh, some guests on to to go over the bachelor finale thanks for listening talk to you next week peace